America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Monday Rush Hour. It is... James Golden, Bo Snurdy with you here. If you'd like to be part of today's program, all you have to do is dial 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Special show today. Among other things, of course, the news, we will have one of the, I guess, I don't even know how to describe him. He is one of the greatest musicians of the last and this century, of the 20th and 21st centuries, George Benson will be joining us. And in addition to that, your calls. Let us start with this business. My chief engineer comes in all the time when I'm doing my last minute preparations for the show and says, did you see this? Did you see this? And half the time is stuff that I haven't seen. So I have to stop and look at it. And so today he said, Did you see this? And it was about the global minimum tax. Now, when he first said, have you seen this? I was like, well, no. But then as I started reading it, I'm like, wait a minute. I did see this. I saw it last year. And in fact, it was October last year. And this is what one of the stories from Fox Business said. As world leaders struck a landmark deal last week to make it more difficult for multinational corporations to evade taxation and ensure big companies pay a minimum rate of 15%. Hmm. Hmm. 15%. That sounds... Where have I heard that? Okay. Let's keep going. The organization for Economic Cooperation and Development announced Friday that 136 countries and jurisdictions accounting for more than 90% of the global global economy had agreed to the deal. Only four countries, only four, Kenya, Nigeria, Pakistan. That's the way Obama used to pronounce Pakistan. 
So I just want to make sure I'm being consistent and pronouncing it right. Pakistan and Sri Lanka abstained from joining the agreement. So four countries abstained. That means we, the United States, agreed to it. Okay. The deal is designed to target corporations that employ a litany of tactics to reduce their tax liability, often by shifting profits, profits and revenues to low-tax countries such as Bermuda, the Cayman Islands, or Ireland, regardless of where the sale was made. The practice by American and foreign multinationals costs the U.S. tens of billions of dollars each year, according to the Treasury Department. Well, wait just a minute. Because now other little, as, as, as Hercule Perot says, now the gray cells are stimulated. The gray cells are active. Because, wait a minute, Donald Trump, when he was president, addressed this by lowering, I say, lowering the U.S. tax burden on corporations so that more money would flow inside the United States. And indeed, more money was repatriated into the United States. And not only was more money uh, flowing back into the United States, but so were jobs along with them. So now we have this global, I say global, global tax that the United States has signed on to. It might as well, it might, it didn't, but it might as well come from the United Nations. It's a global tax. And the United States, our sovereign United States, has signed on to this global minimum tax for corporations. So now, I'm curious. Now I'm curious, because inside this massive spending and taxation bill that the Biden administration has just, the, and the Democrats thrust down America's throat on Sunday, why, guess what's in there? It's a corporate minimum tax. And you know what the corporate minimum tax rate is? Take a guess. Scott, what do you think it is? I think it's 15%. 15%, is that right? Izzy, what do you think that the tax rate is, this new tax rate we have? What do you think? I'll give you multiple choice, okay? A, 15%, B, higher. I think it's going to be 15%. Uh Uh-huh. The crew is incredibly intelligent. 15%, just like this global tax. So now all of a sudden Democrats are coming to us saying, and they're not calling it a global tax when they present it to the American citizenry. All they're saying is, oh, we came up with a 15% tax. But last October, Democrats, the Biden administration, signed on to a global tax of 15% for corporations. And lo and behold, the Democrats over the weekend give us a 15% minimum corporate tax. What does this do? It takes away our competitive edge and makes us just like the other countries in the world that have signed on to this ridiculousness. We had an edge thanks to Donald Trump a competitive edge, people would put their money here. But no, not anymore. Not anymore. 
I'm going to try to get, because I still, there are some missing pieces here, and I want to make sure that we're right. I want to make sure that this 15% is in line with what the globalists are doing, because I read one report that our tax has different rules than the than the, the, the big treaty that was apparently never signed on to as a treaty. Here we are with another piece of globalist legislation like this Paris Agreement that was never voted on in the United States Senate as a treaty. And yet now we have this 15% minimum tax. I'm going to try to call, if I can, Grover Norquist or somebody that specializes in taxes. You know, there's an interesting side note to that that just came out in June that so you named the countries that didn't sign on the EU did sign on and guess who in June was like no 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 we're going to veto we're not doing that Hungary okay interesting okay so there you have it we will look further into this ladies and gentlemen let us see whether democrats have just signed us into this globalist tax on corporations that will hurt American businesses. Let us see. I'm not saying that that is 100% definitely the conclusion that we have reached, but I just find it amazing that last October, the United States signed on to this 15% minimum corporate tax, and this this Sunday, Democrats gleefully, gleefully, no Republicans voted for it, Democrats gleefully voted for a 15% minimum corporate tax, which takes away America's edge. Now, let's talk other percentages. Here's a story from the Washington Examiner, and I want you to pay close attention to this, please. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez New York District saw a 57% increase in major crimes under her tenure, a new study found. The district, run by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, suffered major increases in what the New York City Police Department considers the seven major crimes. Murder, up. Rape, up. Robbery, up. Felonious assault, up. Burglary, up. Grand larceny, up. Grand larceny auto, up. This was a study by former New York Police Department Inspector Paul Morrow. Shootings went up by 47.5%. Let's just say with those numbers, were she a precinct commander, she'd better have some answers for the chief of police and in the, and, and the police department. That's what Morrow said. Now remember, what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wanted to do to defund the police. Remember that she wrote in a press release, defunding police means defunding police. It does not mean budget tricks or funny math. And she has been in favor of cuts to the police department. Meanwhile, in her district, 
650,000 people in her district. Major crimes went up from 6,280 in 2019. Today, it's almost 10,000 major crimes in her district alone. Miss Ocasio district covers the 43rd, 45th, 49th precincts in the Bronx, the 108th, 109th, 110th, 114th, and 115th precincts in Queens. And I know those precincts in Queens very well. I lived in one of them for many, many years. Grew up in one. And what is happening under Miss Cortez and the Democrats' leadership is simply horrific. This is what you're paying for. Let us take a break right now so that we come back. We have plenty of time. Again, we're going to be we're going to have a visit with the amazing musician George Benson on today's Rush Hour. Wilson Interviews Rush Hour. Remember, Catch at Night is up next. So keep it right here, 77 WABC. It's Post Nerves Rush Hour, and we'll be right back. This is the Rush Hour with Pose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Olivia Newton-John passed today, surrounded by her family. And of course, we'd like to offer our condolences to her family. Olivia Newton-John was an incredible artist. And speaking of incredible artists, that voice you hear in the background, George Benson, will be here with us shortly. Looking forward very much to taking a break from the politics of the day and the sad news of the day and having a conversation with one of the most incredible musicians in the world, George Benson. In the meantime, let us get back to the news. And um, I, I want to stipulate that this next story I feel uncomfortable doing, but I want to talk with you about it, maybe if not today, at length at another point. A Georgia couple has been charged with using their two adopted children to record child pornography. This happened in Georgia, as I said, Loganville, Georgia. And the two men had adopted these children and were using them, apparently, what the sheriff said, sexually abusive acts and video documenting it so that they could sell the child porn. Now, let me say up front, I'm not singling this story out because it is two men. I do think, however, that there were many complaints when the left in this country started to demand that the criteria to adopt children be changed. And among the complaints at the time, there were fears that this sort of thing could happen. Now, you couple that with what's happening in the school. 
I remember when parents started complaining about teachers when the idea was passed that if, if you had certain types of teachers in the school that you would start seeing grooming behavior. Now, the grooming, sadly, in America is happening both with heterosexual and with non-heterosexual teachers. We play evidence of it every single week. So again, I don't want to single out any group based on their sexual proclivities, but we have a problem in this country. Apparently, we have pedophilia running amok. And I don't know how and when we can stop this. Right now, you can look at what's happening in the schools and shake your head in disgust, but it's not solving the problem. So I don't know how we solve this problem. Because we would have to root out a lot of teachers in the schools. And also, I don't know how you now go back and rewrite the rules one more time for adoptive parents. And we know that adoptive parents, I mean, how many children that have been through the adoption cycles in this country have reported they've been abused? And it's not always sexual abuse. Some of it is just pure abuse. But these stories are sickening. And I I don't think it's enough just to say that they're sickening. What as a society do we have to do to get into a better place than we are right now? There's an Axios story today that to me just borders on silly. I saw our very own Princess Diana had tweeted it out earlier today. And it is from, it is an Axios. And it's more Trump hate. Supposedly, Maggie Haberman has found proof, and and uh, Axios printed it, photos of what's in Donald Trump's toilet. And what's in Donald Trump's toilet is paper with handwritten, with a handwritten note or something. And supposedly that's proof that John, Donald Trump was getting rid of official documents in the toilet. I have never seen anything so silly in my life. Well, I have. You want to talk silly when you pick up the newspaper and you still have to read about the Kardashian and the and the other one, the Kanye disputes. That's truly silly. Senator Mitt Romney and some other Republicans, ladies and gentlemen, are trying to push the Republican Party, to support more generous federal funding for new parents. Why? Because Roe v. Wade was overturned. So now Mitt Romney is leading the effort. What he wants to do is send monthly checks of $250 per child to millions of American parents. He wants a cash welfare handout to American parents because Roe v. Wade has been overturned and he believes that Republicans must offer, must offer American families more support. Yeah. That's Mitt. That's your mittens. That's Mitt Romney. 
wonder how you would weigh in on that. Do you think the Republican Party, this is along the line, see, Republicans are cruel. They want to get rid of Roe v. Wade. So now, in order to assuage Mitt Romney's guilt and other people's guilt, oh, we have to send American families more money. Because now that now that we're limiting the ability to commit genocide in the womb, why we have to make sure that Americans get a bigger slice of welfare. I will tell you this, the plan isn't gaining a whole lot of traction in Congress yet. Yet. By the way, speaking of crime, we talked about uh, uh, AOC's district with the massive increase in crime. You know that in Queens, over 40 people had their car tires slashed overnight, costing all kind of money. Again, this is just what is going on in this city. Turning to world affairs, according to NBC News, fears are growing of a nuclear catastrophe after attacks on a power plant in Ukraine. Russia and Ukraine are, chain, are trading accusations over who's responsible. The Ukrainians say Soviet air site was hit by Russian shelling on Friday and Saturday. Now, who is dumb enough to attack a nuclear plant? Who, who is this dumb? But the fact of the matter, the fact of the matter is that this is happening. Somebody is hitting large power plants in the Ukraine with shells. This cannot end well. Does anyone remember Chernobyl, for goodness sakes? If I lived in Europe, especially, I'd be, this would have me on the little pins and needles. Back to home, New York police officers are leaving in record numbers. Why do you think that's happening? Hmm? Qualified people, experienced people, all getting away. Because the main reason is police are now sick and tired of seeing the criminals that they capture released back on the streets. Thank you, Democrats. So now, in addition to their defunding efforts, we are losing police officers in record, record numbers. I just I just talked about this story, Bayside, Queens, WABC. Dozens of frustrated car owners in Queens woke up Sunday morning find someone had slashed their tires overnight. There's a video where a guy can uh, be seen bending down next to a car, which hours later had a flat tire, 4 a.m. Sunday. And you're talking about thousands of dollars in damage here. And some people, of course, cannot afford People living close to the edges, how are they going to afford this? In some cases, all four of their tires were slashed. Democrats are already making excuses. This massive spending that they're making to solve climate change, after passage of climate bill, long road awaits. That's in the Washington Post. They're already making excuses how all this money that they haven't even spent yet in climate change 
Oh, we got a long haul. This is only the beginning. We're going to take our break early. When we get back, hopefully, Mr. Benson will be with us. James Goldman, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. It's our Monday, Bo Snerdly Rush Hour, and we're coming back right after this. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Nerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Back in the days when we were doing music radio, WABC, this was a number one hit. It was a number one hit across all of America. And for many people, it introduced a man that would become a household name. He's with us now. The incredible George Benson. George Benson, welcome. How are you this afternoon? Hey, what an intro, my friend. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. It is such a pleasure to have you. Um, I've introduced, I've been telling the audience, we're going to speak with one of the greatest musicians in the world, and you you truly are. <laughs> you have had, like, I think, five or six different careers inside one career, right? So you st- <laughs> that is true, right? and all unexpectedly so. <laughs> well, you started playing started at seven years old, a- right? That's exactly right. I was working in the nightclub when I was seven years old. I can't believe it now when I look back, but I remember it viv- vividly being on a bandstand and people throwing money up at me. You know, so so it happened. <laughs> wow! And then now, when I first became aware of you, it was when you had signed on to CTI. It was later on that I learned that you had done other records before that, with like Lonnie, uh, with Lonnie Liston Smith, with Jack the Amazing Jack McDuff. So before CTI, you had signed, which was an amazing label. I the thing that people I think will probably that bought some of your records then and records from other CTI artists in that age of vinyl will remember. CTI had the most amazing album covers of any of the labels. It was they did right. His name was Peter Turner, and he used to do incredible things. He would go to Africa in places where no man had been, unless you were a black tribesman, and he would bring his cameras with him, and he'd walk toward them, and they never saw him or a camera before. And he would take pictures and then turn them into artwork, and that's how dangerous, you know, how how dangerous he thought when he went out to to do his art. But they made for the most interesting album covers, also. And you played with some of the, I mean, Freddie Hubbard, Stanley Tarantine. I remember listening. Robert Washington to, Jr. Hubert <laughs> Laws. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Ron Carter. Oh. So what was this like? Hancock. Oh. It it was amazing because in my imagination, it just was, it seemed impossible. But when I moved to New York, they started calling me. And as much as I didn't want to be a sideman, it was the caliber of musicians that they were calling that I couldn't resist. So I would go to the studio and record, and those records would become hits. And so I became important to the record companies. Then they decided they were going to sign me as an individual artist, and that's what changed my life. Wow. 
So let's move there to this because time is so short. What I would love to do is spend an hour with you or, or more and just go through the history of George Benson because your story is just one of the most amazing stories. I mean, you have worked with so many of the greats because you are one of the greats. When you look at the songwriters that you work with, like all the Rod Temperton songs that you did. Now, people that don't know wow. when I say Rod Temperton, right? People who Okay, think Thriller, Michael Jackson, think Love yeah. Times Love, George Benson. Think all of the songs that have the Heat Wave songs because that's where he originated. That's where he came to light with Heat Wave, right? And so Yes, uh, always and forever. Always and forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by the way, and you know it, the song Give Me the Night Mm-hmm. was the last thing we did on the Give Me Tonight album. And I was on my way home from Los Angeles. I had been there in the studio every day for a month with Quincy Jones. He did not have that song then. And on the way home, I was getting ready to get in the cab and go to the airport. He said, George, we got one more song. I said, no, I can't do it. I'm going home to be with my kids. <laughs> and I went to the studio anyway, and we recorded the song Give Me the Night, which became a super smash. That was, yes. But your first Super Smash record was Breezing. And that record, oh, and that record. I, You know what? There were some records you remember where you were the first time you heard it. That was my experience with, with the Breezing album, but it was this masquerade that I heard first. And I remember exactly where I was when I heard it the first time because that song just blew everybody's mind. And, you know, it was the only, it was the only uh, vocal in an instrumental album. So the record company was reluctant to putting it out. But everybody we played it for said, man, when are you going to put that out? They said, we're not. We're not going to put it out. And they said, what? And pretty soon we had to put it out. And instantly it went straight to the top of the charts and became record of the year. And became record of the year. And, and your album, that was just a Grammy Award winning album. I think you won two Grammys on that album. We won three the first year for me alone and two more, one for the engineer and one for the producer. So we had five Grammys for that one album, which became record of the year for this masquerade. We were on our way to a career that we never imagined. I never ended, never thought I would end up recording with the incredible Frank Sinatra and people like that, and Tony Bennett and, uh, and all the other guys that I worked with, you know, who, who were the top of the, at the, the music scale. If you were just associated with those guys, you were considered great. So I finally made the uh, the contact. Mr. Sinatra called me up and asked me if I would record with him. Could I say no? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And then, of course, now you've won 10 Grammys yourself, not, not including everyone else that's been associated with you. That's I mean, right. Let me ask you a question. You've been playing music all of your life. Does it get tired? Does it get routine? Or do you, what is it to you now when you play? For me, music is like breathing. It's something I do. It's not breathing now. Breathing. <laughs> <laughs> this time it's breathing. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you, it's something that I've always done. And it's as natural as breathing because when I wake up in the morning, I think music. When I'm going to bed at night, I think of something I can do in the music world the next day. So I'm already started, uh, you know, in the new thoughts for tomorrow. So music is definitely uh, the first thing on my list. You won another Grammy for a song called Being With You. Now, one of my best friends in the world, he's like a brother to me, Omar Hakeem, 
was the composer of that song. In fact, I talked with Omar today. He's out um, rehearsing with the Foo Fighters for the uh, Taylor Hawkins special gig that they're doing. And Omar says to give you his best. Um, that song, that album, another Grammy Award winning album. Just That's right. But you have had so yeah, much. He, he, you know, he was with me. Uh, he used to come to Harlem. And he wanted to sit in with all of the, you know, the, the hip musicians at that time. He was a youngster then. He was very young. And uh, one day he came to me with this tune. He had, he had graduated into the big time. I can't remember what orchestra he played to. It was one of the top bands in the world at the time. Weather and he Report. Was still young and pop. Weather Report. So he had hit the big time already. And he came to the studio when I was recording. And he said, I got this song, George. I said, man, let's check it out. We recorded it maybe once or twice, and it won a Grammy. And I never understood why. When I listen to it today, I understand why. We kept the simplicity. The melody held up, and the musicianship was outstanding. Not just me, the other people on the record. So we had us another Grammy Award. I listened to that record today, and, and that's exactly what I say. This record has stood the test of time. By the way, so has Affirmation. I can't still, when I listen to Ronnie Foster playing on that, it's just like, whoa. This, that, it, it's classic. Everything about that record, everything, and so many others that you made. And then you, you've, you've had records with Al, the record you did with Al Jarreau. And I mean, and I'm so happy you got a chance to work with him. Al Jarreau, to me, is still one of the most, I know he has yeah. been, I, I was surprised. To me, when Al Jarreau passed away, it was just like day of mourning because he was such an amazing artist. And I don't think he ever re received the the credit that he deserved because of the great musician that he was and the great singer that he was and the and the particular vernacular that he had when he sang was different than anybody else's. And I right. always thought that he never received what he should have received during his lifetime. But I enjoyed working with him. We did a tour, something we knew we would always do one day. And we say, I guess it's about time. Let's go out there and get them. And we did. We had a fabulous tour together. Now, and by the way, you have a line of guitars for anybody that's interested. I, I was looking at your website and your guitar, the line of guitars that you have. And so have you been playing? Are those good? What about those guitars? Do they produce the <laughs> same kind of sound that you produce? Well, I'll tell you, uh, when I was a kid, I looked through a window and I saw a guitar and I said, man, I got to have that guitar, but I couldn't afford it. So many years later, when when Ibanez, that's the name of the company, yep. asked me to, uh, you know, they wanted me to join their company. I said, well, you make great guitars, but you don't have any originals. They said, you have any ideas? I said, I certainly do. So I created two guitars, the GB20 and the GB10. The GB10 took off like a firecracker, at, you know, in interest. At first, they were skeptical because it was a different size and had a lot of differences. Now it's become the standard in, in the music world for guitar players. That's just amazing. This is what I said. This man has so many different careers wrapped in one. Uh, <laughs> look, you're going to be performing. Uh, time's running out. Let me just tell people, first of all, if you're going to see, if you were planning to see uh, George Benson on Wednesday the 10th at Sony Hall. Forget about it. Tickets are sold out. However, going fast. So if you want to see them, you're going to have to get your tickets really fast. Sunday the 14th of August, you're going to be playing at the Seaside Heights Beach Stage. 
out of beautiful Seaside Heights, New Jersey, right? Yes, I look forward to it. And so if you want to take a trip out to Seaside Heights, not far, go out to Seaside Heights, enjoy the day, and then hang around for the show. It starts at 6 o'clock and, and see this amazing musician. George Benson, thank you so much. I wish, again, I want to, I want to get in touch with your people. I'd love to do about an hour long just with your history as a podcast. <laughs> it's possible one day. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, George Benson. WABC Talk Radio 77, New York. James Golden, A.K. Stern. We're coming back. More of your calls right after this. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley on the Red Apple Podcast Network. On WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York, this is the song that George Benson was talking about, Grammy Award winning song. Composed by Omar Hakim, Being With You. Again, we're sad to tell you, if you don't know already, uh, one of the amazing artists from the 80s, 90s, Olivia Newton-John passed away today. Glad we had a chance to spend some time, take away from, get away from politics for a moment, just talk some music with George Benson, truly one of the greatest artists. You know, he's won so many awards, didn't even have a chance to do that. He was um, National Endowments, you know, a master of jazz. I mean, this guy's just been incredibly, incredibly recognized for the great musician that he is. Just glad we could spend some time with him. Let's go. Let's start at the telephones. And go to uh, Jacqueline in Brooklyn. How are you, Jacqueline? How are you? Hi, James. I'm good, thank you. I hope you are as well. You know, you asked uh, a rhetorical question about what's going on in the school system with the grooming of our young children. And the answer is very simple. Some are not going to like what I have to say. And it doesn't really matter if you believe in a higher power, that being God, Hashem, Buddha, Allah, it doesn't matter. The concept of and the gender identity agenda must be eliminated from our society so that the foundation of the biblical family, one man and one woman, can again become the norm. Uh, the Rainbow Mafia simply has to be destroyed for humanity's sake, or humanity will be destroyed. This two cannot coexist. It doesn't matter. God created male and female for the continuation of the species. It doesn't matter if it's plant or animal. And a lot of these concepts, some people may not realize, going back to the 30s through the 50s, and it's been ramped up in recent years, Kinsey, uh, who, who, who did fraudulent research, uh, had an effect on the American Law Institute's model penal code. And basically what that did was it legalized all sorts of sexual deviation and uh, sexual promiscuity and allowed for the release of pedophiles to get some simple counseling. And as far as the schools are concerned, uh, the SECUS uh, organization, the Sex Education Council for the United States, a woman by the name of Mary Cauldron ran SECUS. And SECUS was entrusted with 
sex education in the public school system. And they would teach sex education based on the lies of Kenzie, who was a sexual psychopath as well as a pedophile. All of that has to be undone. Then we can get back on track. Well, I know that I would love to hear what people have to say about your call. I will say this. It is not just the LGBTQ um, issue that is that is impacting all of this. When you look at the number of straight people that are in schools that are doing horrible things with children, it is almost as if somehow a faucet of evil has been turned on in our society. And you have people that are just, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand what in... I don't understand why people would think that this sort of behavior toward children is in any way justifiable. I don't get it. It originated with the normalization of this sexual deviation, and now it's infiltrated all of society. Not just, you're right, not just the LGBTQ, but everyone. It's, it's now become the norm, and it's, as you said, it boils down to one thing, evil. That's and it. you will find LGBTQ people that feel as strongly about this grooming issue as everybody else does. So it is not running rampant in that community either. You know, right. I it is, I don't know. Jacqueline, I can't wait to see what others have to say because you are a wealth of information and your calls are always highly informative. You come prepared with factual information that people can look for themselves. Now, <clears throat> I had not heard that Kinsley was a pedophile or anything else, so I'm going to have to look into that. Um, I, I'll look into it. I had never heard that, but I do thank you so much for the call and thank you for, for sharing the wealth of information that you bring. Appreciate it, Jacqueline. Let us move to Kelly in Chatham, New Jersey. Kelly, how are you? Hi, Bo. How are you? Good. Thank you. Okay. So I'm just calling about, because I didn't get to hear your, um, whole radio thing today for some reason when come through. But it's been bothering me that Mayor Adams is so upset. I called in about that he's so upset about all these illegals coming into his state but or his city. But you know what? That's what they voted for. This is what the people, all the blue people vote for, and this is what you're getting. So New you York declared itself a sanctuary city. Mayor Adams has not unwound that. So, so why not welcome these people with open arms? Instead, he's complaining all the way and trying. The, the left-wing media is right now trying to do their best to demonize Governor Abbott in Texas. But Governor Abbott in Texas is, and the one thing that they don't say in their stories, like NPR ran a story uh, chastising him for sending immigrants to New York, quote-unquote, without a plan. Well, what is the plan for the hundreds of thousands who every year breach the border and end up in Texas? There has been no plan. The only plan was with Donald Trump to build a wall and to put the screws on this phony asylum regime. And what did they do? They complained. So I think that, that Governor Adams has, has, I mean, Governor Abbott in Texas has done this country a great service by putting this right up the hypocritical nature of these liberals right up in everybody's face. And this way, they're complaining about it. Well, then you know what? Open up your arms. Open up your homes. All these people that want these illegals coming in, like Biden and all them, you know what? Nancy Pelosi, open up your house. I can't open up my wallet anymore. I'm a single mother. I had Thank two kids you. go through college with no loans, and I'm done. I need to save for my retirement. Let these Thank people you. that are making money, um, you know, making tons of money, 
Thank you, Kelly. Hello. Appreciate the call, Kelly. Thank you so much. Let's go to uh, Andrew and Stanhope. Quickly, Andrew, time's running out. What's on your mind? Yeah, George Benson was a cool cat, as you guys said back then. And uh, I love his music. But I just want to say, too, with uh, Kenzie, and I saw a PBS documentary, and they said, I think, that he supported Margaret Sanger. And they said, well, who is she? She's just someone that uh, promoted birth control, but they left out huh. the fact that she wanted to genocide the black community. So that's, uh, you know, fake news. But I want to say Alex Jones, no matter how you feel about him, they didn't give him a normal trial, just like Rudy Giuliani's license was taken unjustly. So it's, they're going to come for both snurdly next. He deserves a trial by his peers. They wouldn't let him, you know, the jurors had to say guilty that they picked, and the judge was real biased. It's coming for you next or for me, especially you because you're high profile. So no matter what, we want fair justice, even for the left, you know, for either side. There are two tiers of justice in this country, and we see it every day. And you know what? One of these days, this is going to become an issue that can no longer be contained. Thank you for the call, Andrew. Appreciate it. Let us go to Lou in Morris County, New Jersey. Welcome, Lou. Yeah, hi, James. How are you? I was just uh, wanted to comment, comment on the George Benson interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, out, outstanding. I followed him since 1974. And uh, when I was a first-year student at Berkeley College of Music, uh, George came to town, and actually there was a club there called the Jazz Workshop where you could see all the major jazz artists five nights a week and for a $3.50 admission. And what most people didn't realize was that when George was signed with CTI, he did the um, what they call the chilling circuit and pretty much would, would tour uh, throughout these smaller nightclubs. And uh, when you saw him at the jazz workshop, every guitar player from Maine, Connecticut, and Massachusetts would swing into town to watch him play. They, most people don't realize how great he is when you look at him just from a pure jazz perspective. He is one of the most amazing musicians that the world has ever seen. His talent is, is just an unbelievable talent. And he's so humble about it, too. So, Lou, I'm glad you had that experience. What a great share. Thank you. Appreciate it so much. Let us go to Mike in Lake George. You've been holding a while, Mike. What's on your mind this afternoon? How you doing, Bo? I was in the Poconos. Now I'm up here for a couple of months, man. Always good. I'll tell you what. I know you're short on time. Uh, rest in peace, Olivia Newton-John. And what a treat, George Benson. I was a drummer back in the day and breezing. And if I were uh, down in Long Island or New Jersey, I would check out his concert. And I had the pleasure uh, of meeting B.B. King at his club. Oh. uh, Yeah. Jimmy Vaughn, the brother of the late, great uh, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughn. And I'll tell you what. Real quick, uh, Bo, who sang the song? We did that at Open Mic Nights, you know, uh, until you use me up. That was uh, was Bill Withers. There you go, Bill Withers. And I'll leave you with this. And everyone listening— Listen, uh, the climate we live in in the country is, is out of control, okay? And you've touched on so many good points in all of your shows, Bo. I say I got a lot of friends and relatives, retired police. Back to blue, do we want anarchy? We've seen it. No, okay? And let's do what we can. Let's do what we can to make this country a better country for all of us. For all I of agree us. with that wholeheartedly. Thank you so much, Mike. Always a pleasure to hear from you. Judy in Manhattan. Welcome. You're on Boston Nervous Rush Hour. How are you, Judy? Uh, fine, sir. 
Um, I was wondering about these amazing statistics that were presented with the unemployment going down, but are they including the hundreds or thousands that are coming over that are unemployed when they get here? Mm. I don't think so. I don't think so. Judy, I don't think so. What a great point, Judy. And by the way, the 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 numbers that come from Joe Biden's administration, I have a even more fundamental question than that. Do you trust them to be true? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And could I ask you one more? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. There's something called the Dave Foreman, uh, who was a Sierra Club fellow or is. And he introduced the Wild Lands Project and the rewilding of uh, endangered species animals. And I wonder what the effect of that is on all the sightings that we hear about of coyote and wolf and bear. And uh, well, I uh, think so- I look at that differently. Look. You know what? America is, we always get such heat as being a terribly polluted country, this, that, and the other. I read, I saw a report that the Hudson River is now clean enough that dolphins are swimming in the Hudson River again. We have made remarkable strides with climate and with everything else, but the left never talks about that because they're always insisting that we are the worst polluters in the world, and yet this country is one of the cleanest nations and becoming cleaner every day. Judy, thank you for the call. Gracie, last word, time's running out. Hello, sweetheart. Listen, uh, Jacqueline is 100% right. First, they get rid of the family. Then they get rid of God. Then they want anarchy in the country so that people have nothing. And then the people that are in power, you know, who live through this, we'll beg them for the crumbs off their table. Thank you, Gracie. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you on Monday. Both Nervous Rush Hours come to a close. Remember, catch a night up next. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. We'll see you tomorrow for Tuesday's Boston Nerdies West Hour. Be here. See you then. Bye. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink... Consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more. Only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.